and trains and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 43 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Have a great episode in store for you. First and foremost, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Don't know how you found us, but we are certainly glad that you have. Hopefully you have subscribed shared, commented, all of those good things. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and of course, you can tweet me at Wade's Word and on Instagram, Sports Talk with D. Wade and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. In episode 43, we have Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker. He'll be in with us again, a friend of the show, frequent partner in the show. We certainly appreciate him joining in on the conversation. We'll have headlines. We will have hot topics. We will get into balling or falling. And in the second half of the show, we will get into the wifey side piece or crazy ex conversation. So all of those are interesting ways to break it down. And I want to, at the end of the show, remind you guys of our social media blitz taking place on December the 9th. That's coming up in the near future. With that, let's get into headlines. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier remains in the Cincinnati hospital after suffering a very scary back injury on a tackle in the Steelers' win over the Bengals Monday night. Shazier appeared unable to move his lower body and had to be carted off of the field following a collision in the first quarter. While there's no official word, indication is that the injury is not as bad as it appeared on Monday, but no one is really saying how severe the injury actually is. In other news, Rob Gronkowski received a one-game suspension for diving on Buffalo Bills cornerback Tredavious White well after Davis intercepted a pass intended for Gronk. Gronkowski literally drove White's head into the turf while he was on the ground. He since apologized, but White suffered a concussion and is in concussion protocol while Gronkowski appealed and was denied and uh, will have to serve that one-game suspension. If you want a ticket out of New York, you don't have to buy a ticket out of New York. All you have to do is bench Eli Manning. If you don't believe me, just ask former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo and general manager Jerry Reese. One week after the debacle surrounding the benching of Eli and the subsequent uproar in the Big Apple, G-Man co-owner John Mara fired the two, and Manning assumes his role as starting quarterback in Giants land. Well, with that, I want to bring in Eddie Robinson. Eddie, first and foremost, how are the holidays? Glad to have you. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, always a good Thanksgiving. Went down to well, up to Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, we have the Turkey Day Classic, the oldest historically black college classic, but I'm not a big but holiday know, guy. But you you know? didn't, it wasn't – Two traditional opponents. It was. It, it wasn't. It was. Uh, you know, played the sisters it, of the it, it was Miles College, then it was the Edward Waters College. So yeah, usually we play Tuskegee. That's what everybody gets excited about. Played them Labor Day. So then it was kind of like the true homecoming team, the kind of like the fatted calf. But just to be honest with you, man, I'm not a big holiday guy. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I'm looking forward to January first if we get to the springtime Mardi Gras. <laughs> everything like that. I just as a kid, I just for some reason I never got into Christmas. I was just like, and I think it's from playing football. It kind of kind of desensitizes it to you because you just always were looking to sports, and so Thanksgiving and Christmas just kind of got in the way. Well, I want to ask you about a couple of things. The football game last night, the Bengals and the Steelers. One of those brutal AFC North games. You see it every time, really, Baltimore plays Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plays Cincinnati. Cincinnati plays Baltimore. Always just some vicious, violent football, sort of some throwback football. Saw that with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I want to get into that suspension a little bit later on. But I want to ask you about last night's game. And first and foremost, Ryan Shazier, it's, man, it's such a sickening feeling when a guy can't move his lower body and it's really, really, it looked bad and it looked like something that's going to be 
really bad for the foreseeable future for that young man. What are your thoughts and, and how did you handle, I'm sure through the years you came across some serious injuries. Uh, what did you think about last night and, and how do you handle that as a player during a football game? And now that you're out of the game, how do you, what's your take on that? Well, I, I think it's always tough. I mean, I, I always had the attitude probably around my third year. I had a couple of little sprained ankles and knees and stuff like that. And I just got to the point, I was like, hey, man, whatever I break, they'll fix it. And that's really kind of, it sounds kind of like a, a, a weird mantra to have, but it's kind of like the attitude that you have to have going into that situation in harm's way. And so you ask, you know, why do these guys get paid 10 and 15 and $20 million, some, some of them per season? And it's really because they're putting their bodies and their life on the line. I mean, you have kids and you don't know if you're going to get back to your son and remember them or be able to walk, or you can even die on the football fields. I think those guys, man, they're bigger, they're stronger. The collisions are just so much more intense. The league is trying to do everything they can. They're really quick with the flags and everything. They find guys, suspend guys. But part of football is just as a dangerous sport. The body moves in parts in, in ways that it's not supposed to, and so things just don't always go well. So you really want to pray for, for him and the team and the organization, and hopefully they can overcome that. I mean, I've – I've never been a part of a team where a guy was hurt for a prolonged time. Blaine Bishop, he knocked himself out in the Super Bowl. We, we were just teasing him about that uh, when we were up in, in the Titans uh, in Nashville not too long ago. But, you know, he was okay at halftime. We knew he was okay. He just couldn't continue to play. It was still one of those feelings when they carted him off that you're still kind of thinking like, man, you know, you, you're hoping he's okay, but then you got to get refocused and go back out there and win the game. Yeah, I remember when you – I don't know if this was before you came to the Oilers or uh, after or while you were there. You remember, I don't know, Bubba had a big hit and ended the career of Danny Peebles, the the wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, I think it was. He had a big hit on him, and he had a neck injury. And afterwards, he, he retired. The, the kid never played again. I just wonder, like, you know, from the outside looking in, and you know, I do remember my senior kid dying in a game. Really? Yeah, not in a game wow. I played in, but in the area. I think it was Pasadena High School. And, you know, of course, it, while you're doing the national anthem, you, you know, it crosses your mind. But, I mean, I don't. I, it's hard to imagine being able to, to carry on. I mean, obviously you have to, but mm -hmm. carrying on that night, moments after one of your, your partners goes down in the way. And when you see it, and he grabs his back, and he doesn't move his lower extremities. It looked really right, bad. The, the, and that's the the instant thing. I mean, even even when a guy has a horrific break or something like that, even when they're aircasted, you know, it's almost like, well, okay, he has a break. You know, two months, three months, he'll be okay. You know, even with ACL, something like that. But whenever I think you see the guy don't move, it's the neck and the back injuries that really scare you, especially when the guy doesn't raise his hand or you know move his foot or something to let you know that he's okay. And so. I mean, of course, the the, the medical technology is, is way advanced from what it was when I played, but still, it's that part of the body that that you know medicine really can't fix. You know, right? And I know that they made strides in in all sort of spinal cord injuries and stuff like that. But let's let's pray. I mean, even if he can't carry on his career, maybe he can. But I just want him to be able to walk, and you know, that's yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's, it's just almost impossible to speculate. Uh, the body is always trying to heal itself, and it, well, it's, it's, it, what bothers me in the reporting is what you're not hearing. Right, you're right. not hearing that he'll walk again. They're saying 28 to 48 more hours in the hospital, but right. they have no. They provided no real prognosis from a walking standpoint, or from it seems in the tone that he he can at least he'll be able to walk and stuff like that. I don't right. know about long term and playing, but that's a that was a scary, scary thing. Now, what do you think about the rest of the game? Because it was to me, I have a, a very difficult time because I grew up in an era where, you know, those big hits, that violence is what drew you to the sport. And it, it was it, it's what makes football what it is. But at the same time, intellectually I understand Man, that these guys are really well, doing think, a lot of damage. I, to I think back then you you had linebackers that were two ten, offensive linemen maybe two seventy, two eighty. You got the occasional three hundred pound guy. I mean, you have guys that are just so big, the clownies and those guys. These guys are like two ninety and running, you know, four fives and four sixes. So I just think if if you had the uncontrolled violence like you had in the sixties, seventies, eighties, and the nineties, then there wouldn't be any players left at the end of the year. <laughs> Everybody be on IR. So it's it's impossible to sustain that. I mean, these guys aren't, you know, half machine, half man. They're human beings. And so I think that's what you have to look at. And so, I mean, at first, like you, 
I was like, oh, man, all these flags. That's not a personal foul. Like, oh, this is horrible. This is horrible. Now, when I see a quarterback who's getting grazed on the head or getting you know brushed on the knee and they throw a flag, I'm like, good. The guy should know because it's been around so much that you know it's at that level and you have to make that adjustment. It's just, I, I remember. It's just a part of what we have to do or else. You know, football won't be around because it'll be so violent. And when you see stuff like that on TV, who's going to send their eight-year-old out there to, to a sport where he could possibly get hurt, you know? Yeah, it's a thin line, and it's, it's very difficult, especially for us. We're kind of dinosaurs in, in that, you know, well, we're I've, the I've last. Made, I've made the transition. I'm I'm more – I'm more uh But and that's hard I to believe like for this. a linebacker. I, I could be a, I could be a referee today. I would I would have five flags and I'd just be throwing them like whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> but you know, and I never understood how guys can defensive guys can go to the league office and then they turn into these they, Saints. Exactly. And yeah. we see that uh, Derek they Brooks. They want to find everybody. Fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> Derek Brooks is in the league office now. But I want you to I want people to explain Well and I'm gonna tell you how that happens because those defensive guys have sons. They have sons and daughters and kids, and their sons are playing sports. You know, my son is a high school senior. I have a guy, another one that's a tenth grader. It was my son playing linebacker, one playing cornerback. And so, of course, when they get into pileups and collisions and everything like that, then you know, I'm more concerned about the safety of your kid. And so, I think when you have a kid out there playing, it's like, hey, let's make the game as tough as in physical as possible, but also as safe as possible without losing the physical part of the game. Because part of football is that I can just physically, maybe I'm not as talented as you, but I can be tougher than you. And, and you know, intimidate it, you. It's kind of like the Dusty Rose and Ted DiBiase slap off. You know, you slap me and I get slapped back until one of us quit. You know, and that's what football used to be. You just keep running in there, Lorenzo Neal against, you know, Ray Lewis. One of them going to quit because we running the same play, running out the clock. You know it's coming. We know it's coming. Who going to quit first? Somebody going to tap their hat. And I think – you know, that's the barbaric part of it. I don't know if we can get back to that era, but, you know, I think it's still physical. I, I still I still can enjoy the game and, and appreciate the big hits. physical, right. but I want you to explain to people, as a former NFL linebacker and a swag guy to, to boot, because that's big too, because, again, the swag, they be like, well, yeah, they may be faster on the higher levels and they may, you know, you may have – uh, you know some some different qualities, and the guys may be be really really good. But the sweat, you will get killed playing right, in the that, sweat. That was but, that. That's what we was known for. It but just, but you know, as a linebacker, right. now that's the killer position. I mean, you almost taught. I mean, maybe maybe your your experiences was different, but what you, were different. But I, you know, I was taught as a linebacker, you eat glass. You you're Dick Buckus and Lawrence Taylor rolled in the one. You have to want to. Inflict violent pain, Deacon Jones and stuff. What? Were you were you taught as a linebacker? That's the one position where you got to be a killer. Yeah. Right, you have to. You have to. Ha to me, my mentality was I was never trying to hurt a guy, but I was always trying to knock you out. The never, game. never. No, I wasn't trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to end your career. No, but I'm always no. trying to knock you out the game. You know, but never once will you just say, you know what? Uh, this well, guy. probably me and me and me and Jerome Bettis probably had our personal beats back and forth. And uh, maybe me and Corey Dillon and and uh, Shannon Sharp. So I mean, yeah, it's a couple guys I probably was trying to hit real hard. Who so, would you get your best shot against? Who 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 did you deliver your best blow against that you uh, can remember? I mean, I think I caught Napoleon Kaufman a couple times. It, it usually happens on screen plays. That to mm. me, when when you diagnose the screen play, because the running back is sitting out there, he's trying to be cute and he's trying to sell it like it's a fake. And then the guard comes out. He's trying to fool you. But when you're not fooled and you see that linebacker drop and he gets a good 10-yard head start and the quarterback floats one in the air, that's when you get your best shot. Totally defenseless guy. You right. know what I'm saying? He's just like a lamb to the slaughter. That's that's, so, that's where you can make a play in the so big you, uh, Let me ask you this about quarterback. Any quarterback, did you get a, you get a kill shot on a quarterback in them? Uh, probably, it would be a division game, I would imagine. Yeah, not probably. Well, I tell you, probably the guy from Cleveland. Which well, one? The one, the one from Kentucky, the first round pick. He didn't last very long. Uh, like, Tim, not Tim. Couch. Yeah, number two. Tim Couch. Yeah, 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 so I was yeah. right. I was right. So I and, and we and we we had a classic line. Me and my guy Greg Favors. We always joke about it because we we got a safety. It's a picture where Samari rolled, jumped high. I went low. We got a safety. So this is a '99. We got the freak, and we just. I mean, they were just second-year expansion teams, and we killing them, right, as we should have. And so we talking trash, man. This ain't the SEC. Get off the field. You're like, hey, man, 
Cool out, guys, it's only a game. And I knew right then he wasn't going to be a good player. <laughs> I'm like, only a game? Only a game, man. Get your such and such. This is not a damn game. <laughs> so we just kind of went off on him. And then the slaughter was over. But mentally, once we heard him say that, we were like, this dude has no clue what's about to happen. Now, so, me, so were you a big talker on the field? Yeah, I was a big talker. But see, yeah. you know, and I never got that sense because – it, when you were here, obviously you were younger, and then you had like Sean Jones and now Ray Childers didn't talk about nah, he, he was talk at all. he was menacing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, Ray Childers just played, but you had Dishman on that team. Dishman was now, a Bubba big talker. Was quiet, Bubba was quiet. Lathan, I Lamar Lathan, yeah. I know Ray. And Al mom. Smith wasn't gonna say anything, you know. And it's kind of like different teams are different. Really, the Oilers. I mean, when Mike Barrow came, he was probably the guy coming from that Miami who kind of had you know right. we're gonna you know t- talk trash and all that type stuff. And I think. Once you get that that one bulldog, then everybody else is going to kind of follow him. You just need that one guy because everybody wants to get into that intimidation standpoint, especially playing defense. But once I once I went to Jacksonville, it was the exact opposite. It was a bunch of church boys, choir guys, you know, Tom Coughlin. Hey, just help him up and get to the next play. I'm like, man, I'm not helping nobody up. So, right. But once I got back to the Titans and then it was, it was just – it was just like the perfect storm. You have like the Josh Evans and and Greg Favors and Joe Biles and Baron Wortham, you know, Blaine Bishop. It was just it was a whole team full of guys. And once Who we was, got that and Kenny Holmes from Miami, so tomorrow. So we just had a team full of guys where, you know, we knew that our thing was even if we're maybe not as fast or as big, we just gonna intimidate you. And that's how we really were able to beat Jacksonville. I think just from an intimidation standpoint, you know, we were willing to take that extra shot or go that extra that extra mile as a team. It wasn't one guy. It was like everybody, you know. And so who was the meanest guy you played with? Like really went out there and had some bad intentions. I mean, I'm sure it's a number. Probably like- probably on my team that the the guy and, and what I tell people, they they think um that these guys walk around all day angry. And it's really the exact opposite. Like you're you're a mild mannered guy all day and you gotta get yourself into that for me, you had to get yourself into that guy who can go out on Sunday and say I know Keenan McCardell personal, you know, personally. I know his wife. I know his, you know, two daughters and everything like that. So you got to kind of divorce yourself from that because when Keenan McCardell running across the middle, if you got a shot to hit him up under the chin, you got to take that shot. You can't have a vision of him holding his daughters and kids. Yeah, like, <laughs> nah, that's not Keenan McCardell. That's the guy who about to take my job and about to score a touchdown on me. So once you kind of, so you got to get yourself into that mindset. So. To me, the guy that that I say is the guy that I would go down the dark alley with. That was Josh Evans by far. I mean, he not a household name. We used to call him the Black Superman, and so he was just that guy playing defensive, no playing nose tackle over the shade. That you know, you just knew that. I mean, he would get so excited and emotional, like he would start crying before the game. So you like, okay. That's the dude I want. If I get in a fight today, <laughs> if I got to pick one tag team buddy, that's him right there. Right. And so probably him and then Greg Favors was another guy that just had a chip on his shoulder. Just, you know, that's the guys you knew that if something happened, they was going to be right there for you. Well, and I would go back, and I, a lot of it goes back to my early years and now those early, uh, those oiler locker rooms. Childers was a guy that was never seemingly happy. Never happy. And Sean Jones, as gregarious as he can be now. They were they were very he, similar. He was an angry, kind of surly guy a he, lot. Yeah, they were they were very similar. As a rookie, you didn't know like Ray Childress was kind of like that that guy. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. You you know, you walk through the locker room one day, hey, what's up, Ray? Hey, how's it going, Eddie? How you doing? Alabama State, how you guys doing your football team? Hey, you got a small school. Yeah, you guys play some good football out there. Oh, man, Ray Childers, that's he's a cool guy. You go the next day, how you doing, Ray? <laughs> like, hey, man, what, what, what's wrong with you today? So his, his personality was up and down. But, you know, the biggest thing is you want guys who come to play. I mean, it's, yeah, I do remember when Wilbur – Marshall came to the team. Yeah, everybody was kind of keeping the distance from him. Yeah, they well, Wilbur Marshall was one of those guys. Didn't say much, but just his actions, and he just had a presence. He did, and he and he was one of those guys who kind of took us from. You know, he kind of brought us out our shell because he was a guy that had a certain level of just intimidation factor. Like, you know, I'm gonna be if the, he could have been healthy, man, right. when he was with the. Oils, I mean, he, but I, I think what he gave us was was more of the swagger as opposed to. You know what he could do on the field, but he he just kind of set the core for the Lamar Lathans, for me, the Michael Barrows, Joe Biles, for guys who played, you know, eight, nine, ten years in the NFL. Based on you know we watching the way that he prepared and watched the way that he he played the game. So 
That was real big. Well, I want to get into a segment that we call Ballin' or Fallin'. This is where I give you a name, a coach, a player, an entity, and you tell me if that sports personality team or whomever, if they're balling or if they're falling. Now, this is a guy, I think we've talked about him a couple times on the podcast, but a lot has happened, I think, since the last time we talked about him. LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball, is he balling or falling? And let me kind of set the stage for you. Yeah, on one hand, he gets his kid out of jail who for shoplifting in China. On the flip, he gets into a, a Twitter beef with the president. Now he pulls his son, his middle son, LiAngelo, out of UCLA. And it's, uh, reportedly, the L.A. Lakers are enforcing a rule where the media cannot interact with the players' friends and family waiting for them after the game. And they said it's because, well, they're calling it the LeVar Ball rule because they don't want to give him a platform to have a daily or nightly press conference after every Lakers game. Uh, is he balling or falling? I think he's balling because he's staying in the news and he's staying relevant. I mean, how many other dads can you name uh, first-round picks or players in general other than him? I mean, he's he's always had something to say. His Twitter beef going back and forth with the president was classic. And in that one, I was on his side because his kid thanked the president for getting him out of jail and the president wanted more. So it's like I think well, yeah, he wanted to groggle and like thank you, thank you, Master Trump yeah, for doing so, I, I, But I also think that that was a strategic move too. Cause when they asked him about it, he was like, Who? Who? <laughs> Who he what you know I think the, well, but, 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 the Chinese I mean, to for me, me. I, at first I thought the guy was a clown and he was just a buffoon but now I I'm gonna give him a little bit more credit because if you look at it from an economic standpoint which he's trying to sell these overly priced tennis shoes and he's trying to sell clothes and sell the brand and make a brand and do TV shows and all that I mean the guy's making a nice bit of change you know not in the way I would do it but if 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 he wants to kind of put himself out there like that who am I to say that in a capitalistic country, if you can get people to make, I mean, look at the Kardashians. They have no real talent. Sex tape, maybe. But I mean, other than that, what, <laughs> right, other, right. what other real talent have do they have? But they they have million dollars worth of cosmetic lines and all this Millions type of stuff. Dollars. Correct. So, I mean, so, if, if he uses the social media platform to maximize the earning potential for his family, and his kid is a pretty good basketball player, the first one, and then now the second one. The third one's supposed to be the, the, one, right. the man. So the second one was suspended anyway. LaMelo. And so it, he was suspended anyway, and so you pull him out of school. I mean, you're already getting him ready for the NBA draft, I'm assuming. So, I mean, the guy's going to play in the NBA more than likely. He may not be a top-ten pick, but still, I think if you just look at everything he's doing, and, his, and I'm assuming his reasoning for doing it is, is the dollar at the end of the day, then he's balling. He's balling big time. Well, I know? think he can be brilliant and a buffoon at the same time. I think that he can't. It's a it's a fine line. But, but but if he's being a buffoon unknowingly, or is he purposely? Is he well, planning? It, it, is does it, it make it is better? It genius or is it a buffoon? It's a fine but, line. But okay, you know? so what? Uh, the, 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 I mean, the Wayans brothers. Einstein was a buffoon, but he was also a genius. Well, but what about the Wayans brothers? They shuck and jive, and, right. and I mean, it, it, does that make them brilliant or exploiting? I mean, you but know, the, the, how you make a dollar? I mean. I mean, who who am I to say the Beverly oh, hey, Hills? I, I it's always I hey, got five perfect example. Beverly Hills Billies. I mean, they 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 basically made fun of rural white folks in coal mining countries. But yeah, that was a scripted television show. Exactly, that wasn't. But, but what, my same thing is this. So so did we go out? Did the white folks protest and say, "Hey, Beverly Hills Billies is showing us in the in, a, on, in a hard Ed, light"? Ed, I'm just saying. Nah, it ain't the same, man. Because they have, I'm going to pick wait, that up wait, on the Eminem video anyway. I'm, I'm trying, saying, to, I'm wait, trying wait, to steal it. <laughs> but know, it makes a good point. <laughs> whites in America have not been sort of stereotyped as these the shuffle on, you know, historically. Okay. You know, you, you, oh, you, you know, you. I know Amos and Andy, but yeah. Amos and Andy kept actors working. So why are, why can't we make fun of, of ourselves? Why can't well, we? I mean, why, I, we? We like chicken and watermelon. Let's just be honest. So why can't you make fun of it? Is it the end of the day? Too soon. It's, it's too, 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 too soon. Too soon to what? No, no, we, that's not what we know. <laughs> especially in this climate, we don't want to play into any of those, those, and, and a lot of things, it, but it every, can be but funny every, among every us. Every but race it, has stereotypes. I, I understand every that. every race has something so that you should can, we play into that every race has something that you can make fun of so the problem so, is that we don't laugh at each other enough it's like we take no we laugh race, at each other we don't we, laugh we, i mean you know it, but amongst the races we take everything way too serious like what's wrong with a white guy laughing at a black guy laughing at an asian guy laughing at a hispanic guy 
if you had more and, and part of it is the separation. It's like when I don't know you and then I can't appreciate you, then when I laugh at you, you get upset. But if I know you, if I come to your house, you come to my house. If you have an Asian friend and y'all joke about stuff, a Bruce Lee joke of him is just going to be like another joke to you. It's okay. But when you don't know the guy, then you're okay, ready to fight. I, I'll give you, you one example because I know we can go on for, uh, with this, but I, and I won't. But I'll I give you one example. Uh, the stereotype is fine until Eddie Robinson goes in to apply for a job with George Young. And the only contact George Young has with black people is his kid loves the Wayne Brothers movies. And, and he thinks that you're going to shuck and, and jive. And so that's my <laughs> point. It's the separation. It's that, it's that we don't interact and we don't know each other. Uh, and the only thing that I know is what I see on TV. So all I know is that hey, all black folks have their pants pulled down so they must sell drugs. Because I don't know any black folks. I don't have any black friends that I talk to. Hey, but you're not going to be in a hurry to get to know black people if that's your stereotype. But I tell you, I tell you to say, I tell people this story all the time. I won the Toyota Leadership Award as a senior. I had never flown on the plane before. I fly to New York City. We're in the Waldorf Astoria. Okay, so I get out. I, man, my dad bought me a brand new trench, trench coat and some wingtip shoes. Man, I was sharp. All right, so it's a big, long stretch limousine parked in front of the hotel. These big Italian guys standing looking to the left. Look, I ran back inside. I thought it was a mafia hit because I had never been around white guys before. I was like, this is it. This is what I seen on the Godfather. My mom said, where you going? Something ain't right. <laughs> I panicked. You know what I'm saying? So I was, what was I doing? I was stereotyping the situation because I had never been there before and I had never been around white people before in that sense. You know what I'm saying? So okay. it's, it's well, the same thing. When they come to the projects, they see a, a guy walk with a hoodie. They run into the car because they think, oh, Lord, something bad's going have. We just have to get around each other and laugh at each other. Comedy well, is the like answer. Like I said, it ain't a lot of laughing going on these days, <laughs> and, and for a lot of serious. But Levar Ball is balling, man. Well, he, I mean, he's he making he's making his money. He's doing his deal. Now he's a clown. I wouldn't. That's that's not me. But if it's him, hey, go ahead, man. Well, I will say this, and, and I I think that like seven of his fifteen minutes of fame are up. I think he has a little bit more, and I do think that in this climate. And I was talking about talking to somebody the other day about this, where we live in a society where somebody can tell you, oh, I'm rich. Look at Floyd Mayweather and Donald Trump, for that matter. I'm this. I'm the greatest. I'm the best ever. I'm the best to ever do it. My, you know, my ice is colder than yours. And we fall hand over, you know, hand over yep. trying to give them more money. Floyd Mayweather, who is not. A top ten boxer of all time. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you or convince he got, you. He paid he, like it. He's he's the best businessman ever in boxing. Ever in boxing. But that doesn't. Let's not confuse who he is as a fighter. He's not a very. His fights were not very entertaining, and yet he transformed himself into the mo, the the hottest ticket in town by saying, "What? I'm the richest. I'm the best. Look at how I waste money. Look at look. I just walk around with wars of money and all of these rumors of how he." Best no, $500,000 on a football money. game. You can't, well, you can't argue with the money team now. Come no, on. but what I'm saying, I mean, what, I mean, I think some of that was embellished. I, I really do. But I think it also the became. got four Bugattis. That's not embellished. They, he bought them. I, I understand that. I mean, I understand. <laughs> and I get it. He may be leasing. We don't know. Right. He, may, he may be a <laughs> sole businessman. But I'm true. saying, he's brilliant. He's brilliant in how he marketed himself. But it's just amazing that we, like, so I, I go to, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I go to work all week struggling, scratching, scrimping. So, and then I want to turn around and give this dude $99 or $149 of my money. I mean, that's okay, so, so an amazing phenomenon. What's the difference between Floyd Mayweather and the Baptist preacher who pull up in the big well, Cadillac with the gold chain? That's the, the same, same thing. thing. Because money attracts money. I tell you, like Richard Price that's, said, but that's amazing. In Car Wars, you got to believe in something, something. So why not believe in me? Ain't that what the point of sister <laughs> <says? laughs> That's about, that's about right. But it's just an amazing phenomenon that 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 people work hard. To make him richer, it's, it's I mean, we, you vote for a president, not us, but, or maybe, I don't know, I don't judge, but, well, I do judge, but I'm not going to get into your, your, your hey, voting once, booth. Once I'm inside yeah. that box, it's my <laughs> privacy, I vote for who I want to. But I'm saying, like, this, this dude came out and said, I'm the best ever, and subconsciously, I guess people, but if racist you, if and you hear it enough time, now the one thing that we're not going to get on socials, but the one thing that scares me with social media, the great part about it is that you could get the news out to the masses. The bad part about it is you can get the news out to the masses <laughs> because the big thing about propaganda is not about truth 
or not truth. It's about how many times can I get him to hear it? Right. Even if it's not true, if I get him exactly. to hear it a hundred times, I'm going to get 20% of the people to halfway believe it. Exactly. Even if they know it's not true. Exactly. Hey, the sky falling. The yep. sky falling. You know the sky falling? Hey, maybe the sky is falling. <laughs> like, you know it's, 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 it's an <laughs> the amazing next thing, thing. You know, you didn't create something. And, and that's all these guys are doing with social media. So, and, and this is why like, you have to find podcasts and you have to find places to get the alternative message because oh, again, yeah. the gate. I mean, we can get a whole. Uh, the gatekeepers are controlling the messages. But we, we, I digress. Let's go into <laughs> the ball, ball and falling number two. Equal justice in the NFL is equal justice in the NFL balling or falling. Now, let me go into this by saying I am tremendously pissed off by the suspension of Juju Smith-Schuster on a football hit. Now he taunted. Vontez Burfick last night, and he got a vicious, vicious shot, and he received one-game suspension. So did George Iloka, who that was much more heinous to me than the Juju Smith-Schuster hit. If you didn't see those, I'll put them on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and uh, on the group so you guys can see the video. But you equate one game, that's one game for those guys, right? Gronkowski dives on a guy face down on the ground well after the play. He does a WWE and and drops the hammer on him, and he gets one game. That is totally ridiculous, and I think a lot of it came from the national broadcast where John Gruden and, and these guys, they I, I really think in a way they're being super hypocritical because Gruden – you know, they were all a part of that you got jacked up era. And think about how the NFL built their brand. They built their brand on these videos in the 80s of watching guys get crushed. And get, now, get knocked now, out okay, and go to the wrong sideline. Now, huh? I understand that the game has to evolve. But let's chill on the hyperbole. Oh, there's no room in football. No, it, he, it was a football play. He went in a little high, and it's always a bad thing to taunt. But that is not what Gronk did. What Gronk did... You could have broke that guy's neck, and, and, and that was not a football play. That was a that was really a premeditated that, that, that attack. Was, that was a yeah. What Gronk did to me is two games, maybe more. Two games minimum, and and, minimum. and and I would say that, like you said, it was after the whistle. So if he if he would have say for example, if Julius Peppers or or, or the Burford or anybody that would have done something like that to Peyton Manning or to a you know, one of the one of yeah, the if Burfick would have done it, then he would have been done for right. Years. But if Burfick would have done that to a quarterback, you know, the the money position, and had he done that to one of the to to Drew Brees and one of those guys, and gave him a concussion where he possibly could not play the next week because he's in the concussion protocol, how many games would a Burfick got or a Pac Man Jones and one exactly. of those guys? So it's no way that Gronkowski can get one game. Now the hit by Juju, I look at it as the guy was defenseless. But at the same time, I'm blocking him so he can't go make a tackle to stop my team from scoring a touchdown. So if I don't block him and go boo and get out of his way, first of all, the dude's an animal. He may look me in the <laughs> face if I don't hit him first. If he see me coming, he going to turn Blow and knock the crap up. out of me. Right. So my only other alternative is to not hit him so hard or to graze him or try to go halfway and don't hit him. And then if I don't do that, he goes full speed to the sideline, maybe hits my guy, causes a fumble, and gives him a concussion. So at that point, I don't think you can say he hit him. To me, I understand that that is it's the defensive stuff. He went stuff. in a little high, right? But but my point is, I don't think it was the intent. Should he have been fined? Yes, I wouldn't have suspended yeah, you him. You hit him hard now, for the taunting. And, and what happened was that 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 Burford didn't get up, and he had a you know concussion. Now had he popped back up, I don't think it would have even been that well, big of a deal. He still grabs shoes right. his knees, trying so, to twist his and, knees. And I've been telling people, my me and my buddy have this argument all the time about. He would always say that um, what's the Heinz Ward was so tough. I'm like Heinz Ward is not tough. He got oh he's such a tough receiver. He got he blocks so hard. Ninety nine percent of Heinz Ward's blocks was just like that when the man wasn't looking. <laughs> like that ain't tough. You hitting the guy when he ain't looking. You not squaring him up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So to me right. that ain't no tough guy. Now but just to want to hit somebody like that for a receiver. That's kind of gangster no, for but, a receiver. Yeah, it's gangster. How but, many receivers but, you play with would do that? Maybe one or two that you play but with would have thought like that. The same time is not tough. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't give him the tough. Now Keyshawn, 
Now, Keyshawn, on the other hand, was a tough receiver. I got into a fight with my coach on the sideline because Keyshawn was blocking the crap out of me. He like, man, the receiver block. You have that dude, he's my same size. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he wants to block. <laughs> like, like he's trying to block me. Like, he has, his intent is to block me. I mean, he was cracking down, and I saw him, he saw me. The dude was big, and he was locking on to me. I couldn't get around him. So, to me, that's a tough guy. That's a receiver that's going in there and throwing the block. The stuff that Heinz Ward did – over those 10 years' careers, that don't make you tough. That makes you a punk because you're hitting the guy when he's not squaring him up and looking again, at him. when you think about the diva position of a nah. wide receiver, how many of them think to have any physical contact? Well, that means, that Only means, a couple want any physical contact. That means he might have been tougher than the Rams receiver who would just slide Ricky <laughs> Pro and all those guys who would catch the ball and slide. You know, Bruce, he was tougher than them, but he's not tough to me. Right, and right. So, but Juju, but, I, didn't, I didn't think it was a suspendable thing. I thought it was... You know, it was questionable. You give him a $10,000, $15,000 fine, I don't think you suspend. Yeah, that's they just, need that's to, just they me. Need to, because, again, if you're telling me what he did was the same as Gronkowski, I'm telling you, I'm calling bullshit on that. Well, and then the Gronkowski thing, I mean, once again, I think, you know, Robert Kraft owns the NFL. There's certain see, franchises that, that own the NFL, meaning that whatever they do, they can cheat, they can make a mistake, this to this. The penalty is going to be a whole lot less than the other guys. You know, just, and, and, I read an article about the suspension. And do you know in that entire article about the whole thing that happened, they never once mentioned that the guy's in concussion protocol, that he was actually oh, injured. Huge. That he's actually injured. And this is an right. ESPN because, cause article. Because now, now the guy that, that was cheap shot, and that's what it was, a cheap shot, he could be forced to miss game time. So if you want to do it correct, if you have a cheap shot on the guy, you should sit down until he's able to come back right, and play. Right, right. If you want to if you want to be fair. So if he missed two games because of concussion, Gronkowski should miss two. But there's no way that you can have something outside of the lines that's WWF and you give a guy one game. Apology, I'm sorry. I totally understand that. But you got to control yourself, and we're going to show you how. Because now the next guy who does it is going to say, hey, whoa, whoa. That's just one game. Gronkowski got one game. So if I slam your quarterback late, I separate Drew Brees' shoulder, and he can't play no more, and I get one game, and then we could beat him for the rest of the game, oh, that's a fine that I'm willing to take. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, so we both agree that NFL justice or oh, equal justice in the NFL is totally unequal. falling. Right. It's falling. It's not balling. It's falling. And, and finally, for balling and falling, uh, Tiger Woods. Good comeback. Good weekend. Is he? Is he? Is he balling or is he falling? I think he's balling because from where he was, just the fact that he's not on those four pills that he was doing like last time we was talking. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I, I think he's moving in the right direction. The biggest thing Freddie Couples was talking about it. He just has to smooth out that swing. He can't be so aggressive to the ball. Well, we can refine some things. Well, but it, well, what I mean that, I'm talking about as far as the back injury, he has to be able to play within the confines of who he is now. He's not 22-year-old in great shape. And, and Couples is saying that he doesn't feel like these guys need to lift all these weights. He's like lifting weights doesn't help you drive the ball further. If anything, it tightens you up and you don't have the – it puts more pressure on your back. So I think Tiger needs to go into that. Well, that, he's a little softer now. Right. And so I, I think he's balling just the fact that he got through it injury-free. And the more, the more rounds he can play injury-free and not feel pain, the more confidence he will get. And I think – he could you could never really know what his skill level was like because he was always playing with them, with pain and that's tough when you're playing any sport in pain. So we both agree that Tiger Woods he's is balling. balling. Right. Not like he's gonna win the Masters this year, but he's balling. <laughs> All right, with that, going to uh take a break, going to the second half of the show. We have Wifey Side Piece or Crazy X. You're tuned in to episode 43 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn.
Welcome back to episode 43 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Our guy Eddie Robinson is here and doing his thing. I mean, really had a very interesting conversation. It's always interesting to get a former player's take on, you know, the, the number one thing I always wanted to know from a football player. And you know it because, and we talked about it in previous podcasts, but just I cannot imagine the 24 hours before leading up, the 24 hours leading into the Super Bowl. I mean, I see it sometimes, and, and, and if I allow myself, if I'm in the right setting, I can break into a sweat. You know, I mean, like doing the national anthem. Can you imagine again? And I know you talked about it, and and you have to find it on previous podcasts. So if you haven't heard that, his take on that, go back and listen to uh, some of the old podcasts. They're all archived, so you can find them. But I just, it, it's so unimaginable, uh, unimaginable to be on a platform that big. And, and I know that when you're in it, and you you're thinking about responsibilities, you're thinking about things you have to do, you can kind of not, you don't have the luxury of getting caught up. But I think, man, for a split second, my heart will probably be beating out of my chest at that moment with just anxiety and fear and excitement. This is in front of the entire world. The only bigger event in the world is the World Cup. So it's a it's a, a massive thing. So I always appreciate getting your take on those sorts of things. But now I want to get into a segment we call Wifey side piece or crazy ex this is where i give you three teams players entities and you tell me who you wifing up who you making a long-term commitment to who is uh who's the team that you uh, are gonna make your side piece and then who are uh, the, the who's the team that's the crazy ex that you want to stay away from at all costs well let's start first with atlanta with the nfc south your your division, your the area of expertise for you, your favorite division of football, the NFC South. Now, all of those teams are in the mix. All three of those teams, three of the four are in the mix. And I'm talking about Atlanta, Carolina, and the New Orleans Saints. So tell me, as unbiased as you can be, <laughs> who are you, wife? I mean, I, and I know, let's understand this. You're a New Orleans guy. You're a New Orleans Saints season ticket holder. You go to every home game for the Saints. You never played for the Saints, but you dreamed of playing for the Saints. <laughs> so let's put that out there. But as unbiased as you can, who are you wifing up? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that the Saints are in, in, <laughs> in I mean, just because you set it up, I'm not trying to go contrary to that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go right on down that lane. So if you set me up, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bear trap. But I think the Saints, with that big win at home against Carolina, where they pretty much – they handled them from the opening kickoff. First kickoff went down and scored. I mean, Carolina made runs. You know, Saints made a couple mistakes, but the Saints looked like the better team. And, and defensively, they looked like the better team. Where before, I don't think the defensive backs for the Saints were at that level. Now they'll go Thursday, uh, this Thursday to play. They were at, uh, in, in the see. Georgia Dome against yeah, the Falcons. Yeah, they at Atlanta, another so big the, divisional game. And the Julio Jones is a different beast from Funches, uh, so it, it's <laughs> yeah. a step up. So you know, you have to see how they do, but. I feel like now they have that one-game cushion to win the division, and they still have the Falcons twice, the Jets, who, who, you know, up and down, and then you go on the road to Tampa at the end, and Tampa should be – they should have the cars loaded up, about to go surfing by that time. So I think the Saints are the team that's in control because they probably can afford to go, you know, two and two – or maybe you know even one and three and still win the division. Well, two and two, as long as those two losses right aren't to Atlanta. Well, they, if they can, if they beat Atlanta once, then I think they're in really they're good, good shape. And so you're wifing up New Orleans. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm wifing up New Orleans for uh, uh, well a couple of well a couple of reasons. Primarily because they can run the football. That tandem and Kamara is is just incredible. Kamara has been he he has just been. Alvin Kamara is Well, you had the, Reggie Bush, who was crucial. You needed that type of guy in Sean Payton's offense. You had Reggie Bush, and then you had Sproles. Sproles. And when Sproles left, you never replaced that guy. You know, you need that fast guy to go with the power guy. So now that they have the slasher, slash and dash, they call something like that. But, but I mean, he's he has been the key. He is, the to me, the offensive MVP on that going team. Going back to what, the Deuce McAllister? Who was the other guy in that backfield with Deuce? Uh, Pierre was there at one time. Pierre, Pierre Thomas. Thomas yeah. yeah, I mean, they always, had two, they always had two guys. But they have so many screen plays and quick plays and check down plays. You know, Drew Brees is not a tall quarterback. So you need that guy to make those plays. Well, I, let me ask you this, and, and I know I want to get to your side piece and your crazy ex in this category. But I think Reggie Bush – is underrated for what he did for oh, he that was team. Big time. Yeah. But 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 people outside of New Orleans say, oh no, he didn't give him. He New was Orleans a disappointment. Love, yeah, you see more Reggie Bush jerseys in the stadium still. 
The fans love Reggie he Bush. He made life easier for everybody on that offense. Yep. And, so, and as a point returner, I mean, I, against the Lions in the playoffs, man, he the guy was just man. He was he was automatic. I mean, he made he made big plays when you needed him, and and he was a threat that you kind of you had to change. He, he your, like, he's uh, like your a three point. He's like a three point shooter in basketball. Like we can't we can't pack the paint. We we can't do this because this guy we know he can shoot five out of ten. So Reggie Bush was always that guy, even if he didn't touch the ball, the threat of him touching the ball made defenses realign. And then everybody else ate off of that. So Yeah, and I and I just think people outside of New Orleans and, and non football people and even some so called football people really undervalue what he did for that team because they just look at the statistics. But he made life easier for right. everybody on that offense because you had to account for him whether he lined up in the slot whether he was in the backfield wherever he was even as a receiver you know you had to account for and him Ka- and, and Kamara is that is the same kind I of look him. at it it's like the cherry on top of the ice cream it don't make the Sunday but without it it's like ah something not there you know well what he saying? might make the Sunday <laughs> as good as he is I mean and you talk about Ingram Ingram has his weeks where he can Ingram, you know but yep. la- la- what last Last week he did well. The week before he didn't, Ingram didn't hardly do anything. He's off and on. Yeah, and man, but you have Kamar to offset that and vice mm-hmm. versa. So we're both wife in New Orleans. Who's your side piece, Carolina or Atlanta? You know what? Be watching that game with Carolina, I think the Falcons will have to be the side piece now, just because I feel like that they have a a, a chance to to still make some things happen. I think they can beat the Saints twice, you know, and I think they have Carolina once at the end. And uh, yeah, the Atlanta has New Orleans. Tampa Bay at New Orleans and Carolina, right? That's, that, which is tough. That's, That's a tough. tough. It's all division. So the fact that they're playing all division games mean that they still have everything in front of them. I think their their big deal is for them to win the division. They have to win Thursday night. If they don't win Thursday night, then they're playing for a wild card. But you still have a chance to beat Carolina and to get a wild card. So, so Carolina is your crazy ex, right? Yeah, Carolina's a crazy ex just because I think. Everything is on the shoulders of Superman, and and he's so up and down. And I don't think when I looked at him, they just don't have the pieces around. Like for example, we got Kamara in the. I'm saying we the Saints. You got Kamara in the third round, who's been everything you wanted. McCaffrey, he's just like it's one on one plays, and I see him where he can't make that one on one play that Kamara makes. And so he's a good player, but he's not a Kamara. But they need him to be a Kamara because he can take the pressure off the whole offense. But he's not doing what Kamara's doing for the Saints. So. Well, I'm going to go switch, flip-flop those. My my side piece is going to be the Carolina Panthers. And I'll tell you why. Because in December and January, when they, they can actually go on the road, they can go out and play solid defense, and they can do just enough offensively. Cam can make enough happen whether it's Funches or Dixon or if I guess Olsen won't be back, but however they find and that a hurts way. And without having Olsen, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so without those guys, what we I mean, with that defense and, and the ability to kind of grind out and slow down a game. Win, and win play, 17, 10, yeah, 13, 10. Yeah, play, they right. can play January football, whereas I don't think Atlanta still has their feet on solid ground when it comes to an offensive understanding under Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, this offense is not nearly as potent, but you have all the same, same pieces. People. I know the uh, Devontae Freeman was banged up with a concussion, but you have Coleman Tevin right Coleman. There, right. You know, and, you and have so much talent. Equal. And so I, 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 can, I can agree with that simply for the fact if you say that the Saints are the hottest team and they're going to continue to be hot, the Falcons have to play the Saints twice where Carolina is already done with the Saints. So from that standpoint, that may give Carolina somewhat of an advantage. Well, let's go to the uh, category number two in wifey side piece of Crazy X. Three quarterbacks and uh, their chance for postseason success. Now, I would have went with Carson Wentz in this category, but I went Alex Smith, Jared Goff, and Case Keenum. Two of those guys have no playoff experience. I mean, Goff is relatively young. If if I replace Alex Smith with Carson Wentz, I mean, if you want to, you can. But out of these three, who are you wifing up as it pertains to Getting in if they all three get into the playoffs, I think Minnesota's in great shape. Rams in great shape. Alex Smith, that'll bring us to our third category. But just say those out of those three, who do you trust the most in the playoffs? Who are you wifing up? I probably would have to go with the Rams quarterback, just because to me he has enough other pieces around him where he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Terrific defense, you know, good right. special Aaron teams. Donald. 
and you have you and you have the running back there who Gurley. Uh, Gurley. And so as a quarterback, the pressure's not on me. I can manage the game and make a play here or there. And when I talk, I talked with Greg Williams and those guys last year uh, before they got fired, and they felt like that he was the guy who was really – he was like right on the verge of making the next step, just was, you know, kind of frail, kind of small, had to get stronger so he wouldn't get hurt and couldn't endure the NFL season. But they spoke really high of him on and off the field about him being a leader and doing all of those things. And you can see he's making that next step. So who's your side piece, Case Keenum or Alex Smith? I'm going to go with Keenum because Keenum, I, I think, is just – you know, he's he's kind of like an underrated guy, but he just – he makes the plays when he has to and go he Cougs. has a good understanding of the game. I mean, I, I just – and the Vikings, they'll probably get a home playoff game. They may finish that that a game above the Saints because they have the tiebreaker with the Saints. So they with a home playoff game and maybe a bye too. I mean, good defense. It's hard to win up in that stadium. Well, I and then I guess Alex Smith would be your crazy ex. You want to stay away from him? I mean, Alex Smith, man, he's just one of those guys. It's time to replace him. He's up or he's down. He's great for five games. He's average for five games. You just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Eli's the same way, but at least Eli got hot for two Super Bowl runs and got two rings on his hand. You know, well, uh, and Alex let, Smith never did that. So. I'm going to go a different direction totally from you. I'm going to wife Alex Smith. And and because, again, Alex Smith is a veteran guy. He has playoff experience, which is big. I don't think the moment yeah, gets too big. A lot of big. playoff mess-ups is what he has. Yeah, well, he beat the Texans <laughs> a couple times. But here's the deal. This is the problem with, with really Kansas City. It's not Kansas, City at, may, Kansas City may not make the playoffs. Well, well, we'll get to that <laughs> next question. Right. But I think that with the once uh, Hunt hit a uh, – Kareem hit a, a wall, that sort of slowed everything down. But they put up – look, on the road, they put up 31 points on the road – yeah, uh, against the Jets, should have won that game. And you would never think that their defense would give up that type of points. Well, they have yeah. injuries on that defense. Uh, but still, you got yeah. yeah, they shouldn't fall off that much. Not to the Jets. They ain't, they ain't play the Patriots. They played the Jets. So yeah, right. And I, but I think that he he can manage a game in a way. But you're gonna wife a guy that may not even make the playoffs. Well, um, you, you're I, going you're going way out on the limb here. Well, because I believe that they're, they're, they're I believe they tied for six and six. You must have your little Kansas City Chief Hank Stram dollars. Well, I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, so you so just, this oh, okay, that. there we go. So you so you don't know when to come out the bet. You double down. Hey, I'm, hey <laughs> works for our president. It'll work for me. Okay, now that explains a lot. No, no, I'm doubling down on on them because a I think they'll get out of that division. But b golf is I don't think I think the moment can be pretty big for him. He may have not a home. You, not when you handing the ball off the girlie is not big. Yeah, but you have to make some plays and. And you, those eyes can get big looking at all that's going to come at you during the playoffs. So I think I will wife Alex Smith. I will side piece Case Keenum, go Cougs. And um, and I I think that I don't want to take a chance on a, on a rookie, not in the postseason. He's not, not a get, rookie. This is second well, year. I mean, relative rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played. How many games he played last year? He didn't year? play much last year. He played Before a little. The end. He played he, because Keenum was in right L A. So he played what two or three games at the end. Yeah, once I they called knew, him a rookie. Once because, they knew they were down and out, they just put him in there and to get ready. Right. For I forget year. how many games he played, but I look at him as a, a relative. Well, he's definitely a playoff rookie, uh, and he has no playoff experience. Case. Case of journeyman, he's fought every, that, to get that's, anything that's and everything. Go, that's go cool. It didn't matter. You yeah, was gonna, yeah. you did, what y'all do? A little H for the high goal? Yeah, that, you H. Okay. Yeah, it is right there. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't graduate from U of H, but I, you know, you my mother rep, did. You rep the city. Yeah. I, I, I Look, I have a bunch of universities that I can, that I can rep. <laughs> so, Houston Baptist, let's go. HB. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I'll, you know, all of them. But anyway, finally, we're wifey side piece or crazy the AFC West, San Diego, Oakland, or Kansas City. Who is going? Who are you wifing in that division? You know what? I'm a wife San Diego just because the San Diego. Super, oh, I said San Diego. Los they, to me, they still San Diego. I know. Me too. Because it just and see, I said, and, I, and I, you and you messed up my spiel because it's the San Diego Superchargers, but you can't <laughs> say it with the Los Angeles. It just don't sound right, man. It's I cannot just, believe I did that, but it's so subconscious and ingrained. It is. I think it they're is. going back. I think they're going back to San Diego. Watch, Mark. They, they need to. They need to build, they a, new, need, yeah, they they need to build a new stadium and go back. They, but but as far as this, I the think Los that Angeles they are the hot team right now. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I mean, to me, he's a running back that can get it done. I mean, you, you can't bet against Phillip Rivers. 
I mean, he puts up big numbers. He, he's like Charlie Brown. No he's matter, Eli without the Super Bowl. He's Charlie Brown. No matter how good he does, the ball just always gets pulled and he misses it some kind of way. Like well, he, he just throws reckless interceptions. Yeah, but the thing about it, when he throws four touchdowns, they lose. When he throws no touchdowns, they lose. It's like he just can't get there. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's for But they some have a reason. really good defense. They do. And so that defense is going to travel. And I think right now you just got to go with momentum. And they're the team in the West because they're on the way up. Everybody else is on the way down or staying in the middle so that confidence going into december goes a long way so who are you side piecing in that threesome uh i'm probably going to side piece the oakland raiders because i think you have the the tough physical running game you know just the fan base the car everything just the mystique of the raiders i will say marshawn lynch is getting going yeah and marshawn lynch i mean you got him for these games in december he's the guy that you know, right now, Cole, hey, give me the ball. I'm, I'm going to give you 28 carries. I'm going to give you a 110 tough physical yards. I ain't going to average but 3.1, but I'm going to get one in the end zone, and we're going to win by three. I think yeah, he, he had a breakaway the other day right. for a touchdown. So, And then, so your crazy ex is Kansas City? I mean, as much as I, I, so wait I a love, you, I love the Chiefs. You're sleeping on Travis Kelsey. You're sleeping yeah, on but then when you, Hunt. you sleeping on Tariq Hill. 5-0 was a long time ago. Man, I Okay. I'm going the other way. I'm going all the way the other way. Kansas City, I'm wifing. I think that they can turn it now around. You, you have hey, this, hey, they have the best coach in that in that division. They do. We, now, we're recording this, right? Yeah. Because we're going to play this back. We, you we know can. So you, okay, because you're way off, though. I'm just telling you. I'm, you, hey, look, you. You double down with your, with, with, your, with your home run pick with Kansas City with the quarterback. So you pick the quarterback that won't even be there to, to be a wifey. Not even gonna show up to the wedding, <laughs> and now you come double down with the team who then went from five and zero to six and six. So That's that, okay, I mean, but now they I'm have not a mathematician. But that means that they went one and five. But, but that means that they have four <laughs> more to six. get it right. They, they they're four more down the stretch to get it right. It's, it's called I, momentum, and then when that gorilla jumps on that other train, it's going, and you can't catch look, up. Look, man, look, hey. They can turn that around with one Tariq Hill bomb and Travis Kelsey can have another. Two. Both of those guys had too big. Peters had they have to show up some things mentally, and I think they had. There's a lot of teachable moments from that. What happened at the end of that game with the Jets, where they had 20 gazillion opportunities to get into the end zone, and then Peters throws the flag into the stands, and I'm sure I didn't even see what his fine is, but I'm so sure to it's be, huge. to make those mistakes at this time of the year. They're they're falling apart. They're imploding. Andy Reid like, can reel his team back in. Andy Reid couldn't keep T.O. from fighting Donovan McNabb. No, he, he gonna, couldn't. No, McNabb Mac and, and Andy Reid is the guy that I'm hoping can somehow win a Super Bowl before he retires. Like at six and zero, I was so I'm such an Andy Reid fan. But I'm thinking Kansas City is they're just cursed. I mean, you had Marty Schottenheimer, you had Gunther Cunningham. Now it's Andy Reid. Great coaches. Great teams. You had Cornell in there. In the they, right. They, they seem like if, if I told anybody when was the last time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, nobody would guess it was back when Hank Stram was there. It just seems like at some point in the last 40 they've years some great that they've won a Super Bowl, but they haven't. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. They're like the fallacy of, but they're they're great and consistent, and sometimes they have even the best team, but they never get the result. They can't win it all. Well, it I won't am, happen this year. <laughs> I am. I'm wifing them. I am. I'm wife. I think they can turn this thing around. If Hunt can kind of get rejuvenated, get past that the, that wall, I think that they can at least in that division. They may not be able to get to the Super Bowl, and, and I've written, I, I don't, I've not written them off as quickly. Although I've written off both of my Super Bowl picks, Seattle, which I, I may now, have Seattle to repick Seattle. Chance. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's another podcast, but I will say this: the Los Angeles Chargers will be my side piece. I, I just, you know, I, I do like the. Philip Rivers, because I have him on my fantasy team a lot of Sundays, and he's, oh, he's going to throw great, the ball. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He can throw, the, yeah, he's going to throw the ball fifty times. You have Keenan Allen playing remarkable football. You have um, you the the running back could not Gordon Ed, the backup who came no, in and yeah, played from well. Wisconsin, Melvin Gordon, yep. and and uh, and then you have you know you have a really good they solid a good, defense. a good young tight end who's uh, stepped up. So I mean they they so and then so that leaves me with. With Oakland as my crazy ex, I mean, but they're about as crazy as, as Marshawn yeah, Lynch. O- Oakland is the wild card. They could win the next four. They could lose the next four. They certainly can. It's, so that's sort of how I see that. So, well, with that, want to wrap this episode up. Any final thoughts uh, from you? Who that? Let's go, baby. We're going to Thursday night to Atlanta. 
in the in the new uh we calling this i talked to some of my friends this is the superdome east because you know it's both the mercedes-benz dome mm-hmm. so this is our vacation I thought they home. Were the chick-fil-a nah they got mercedes-benz on both of them so this this the mercedes this the superdome east it's the chick-fil-a field at, at mercedes-benz mercedes, the mercedes-benz dome but it's gonna it may have Watch that game. It's going to be a lot of Saints fans in that Thursday. Well, how can folks hit you on social media? I'm simple. E-Rob50 on Twitter and E-Rob50 on Instagram. Well, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to remind you guys, on December 9th, I'm doing a social media blitz. You hear that, Eddie? A social media blitz. I'm asking everybody who frequents the show to send out a uh, either a tweet or a post or a Snapchat, whatever, however you communicate on social media, send out a blurb and a, a link to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I have friends from around the country that are going to participate from literally coast to coast. Uh, and so you may be seeing, uh, coming into contact uh, with people posting that on Saturday, December 9th, anytime on Saturday, just blast it out. And that way, if each one of you did that, I would probably reach uh, two or 300,000 people easy. So we want to get the word out and then get you guys, uh, get you know, just create an atmosphere where it's a whole lot of fun for the more and uh, the merrier. So with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. You can tweet me at Wade's Word on Instagram, Sports Talk with D. Wade or Devin Wade. You can look me up on, on Instagram, D. Wade 909. Uh, in addition to that, you can join or like the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Please subscribe, continue sharing, and until next time, as always, have a great day.